It's me, it's me, it's the ROB mobbing once again, talking everything wrestling with Perched on the Top Rope. Welcome everyone to Perched on the Top Rope. That's right, it's me. I am the guy who is no longer with Sportskeeda. I am Wrestling Inc. Lee Walker. And coming at you live, it is formerly known as the T-O-double-D, the one, the only, Alex Todd. We got a lot to talk about. We're going to run through this real quick. Rob, how you doing? By the way, happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Uh, getting younger by the day. (laughs) Uh, Before we get into it, uh, we just want to give a, uh, send our condolences and our thoughts and prayers for those who don't know, you're about to find out. Jerome Young, who is known as ECW's New Jack, passed away. Uh, very sad to hear. New Jack was one of those wrestlers that, uh, well, you just didn't mess with. Put it plain and simple. And uh, just want to give a shout out to Paul Heyman on Talking Smack. That was a, a very nice, touching tribute Uh probably the only tribute we're actually going to get on television too. And he acknowledged why and they allowed him, which was, I found that at least respectful that, you know, they let Paul Heyman say, well, obviously the reason that you're not going to see much on him is because basically everything he did was not PG. (laughs) (laughs) That's an understatement. (laughs) But like, you know, at least they let him do that or, you know, knowing him, he probably just did it anyway. Outside of the ring, he was a he was a great guy. Uh, he may not have done the the most PG things in inside the ring, but outside of the ring, um, in the couple times that I've had the the privilege of meeting him uh, when he was working with uh, promoters like Eric Sims, um, he's always been a, a class act. So, you know, uh, wherever he may be, Godspeed. Absolutely, absolutely. Just know that somewhere the gangsta theme is playing. Mass Transit kid is not happy right now. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody actually, not to not to joke about that, but you know the the meme of from WrestleMania last year when AJ and Undertaker are doing the 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 boneyard thing, yes. and and AJ is standing there like this, and then the Undertaker is behind him, oh, yeah. and it says the 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 Metro City kid, and then New Jack has just arrived. And, he's, and it's the Undertaker right behind him, and you just got the face of AJ like, oh shit! Oh, you know, God. I bet you he appreciated that. If he oh, oh, he would love that. If, oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's a funny one, though. That's a good one. You know, but, and, uh, the, and and the other funny thing is, if you watched ever watched Dark Side of the Ring uh, last season, they did a, a special on New Jack. Um, obviously, it was one of their episodes. And my only uh, question is, um, you know, at the end of that, they asked him, they asked New Jack how he wanted to go out. And he said, doing cocaine and, and hookers. So I only hope that, you know, when when he did have his heart attack, he was doing cocaine and hookers. It's just the way he wanted to go. <laughs> one can one, one can only hope. Um, <laughs> You know, uh, New Jack is forever uh, immortalized, though. Episodes of Dark Side of the Ring. You can find, you know, ECW DVDs with him. I mean, and even really for someone like me personally, who like I was too young to enjoy ECW in its prime. 
I didn't get the chance to watch a lot of his footage a lot, but like just from being a wrestling fan, people talk about this man so much up to this day that just about everybody, even if you're a young wrestling fan, knows who he is just from stories. Yeah, and and he's got action figures and stuff too. So he he and he's in video games. Yep. So he, he's he's forever immortalized in in the wrestling world. Um, enough sad stuff. Now let's talk about stuff that's going to make us angry. Wrestling. <laughs> Why does it always have to make us angry? Can't we? I was gonna say, I think nothing. There's nothing wrestling fans hate more than wrestling. Yeah, can, I don't. You know, to to quote Jim Cornette, can we can we call it the happy side of the ring? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Al, why don't you bring us your happy side of the ring with Monday Night Raw? I hate Monday nights, man. I do. I, I'm getting to the point where it's 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 hard for me to even go back and look up clips of monday night raw on twitter it's it's a garbage show and i don't feel bad about saying it the only possible good thing i see going on on monday right monday night raw right now is the matt riddle randy orton tag team and that's only gonna last as long as vince will let it until he splits them up too and has them feud rated rk bro i yes i i don't mind that but uh my biggest two two things i'm gonna go into uh, first, uh, the WWE championship picture right now is the most boring it's been in, I don't know how long, and it's not the fault of anybody that's involved, but you've taken three people in Bobby Lashley, Braun Strowman, and Drew McIntyre, who have arguably helped carry the company through the pandemic era when guys like Bray Wyatt and Roman Reigns were taking time off. Um, when guys like Brock Lesnar left, you had these three. Braun was Universal Champion on SmackDown. Drew was WWE Champion on Raw, and Bobby Lashley was running the Hurt Business with MVP. These guys carried the company through the pandemic era, and they've got the most boring storyline in the whole entire company right now. I, I could care less about that world title match tonight. Well, for starters, they shouldn't have broke up the Hurt Business. I think that was a I, huge wasted opportunity. Absolutely. Uh, uh, and furthermore, going with the whole Lashley, Braun, McIntyre kind of storyline thing, we just watched them do basically the same thing over on SmackDown with Roman Reigns, Edge, and Daniel Bryan. The whole triple threat. Thing, the whole yeah. triple threat thing, you know, uh, you just saw the same storyline. So if you watch SmackDown on friday and then you watch raw you literally just watch the same thing back to back because it's right literally the same thing braun Strowman is daniel bryan of smackdown right now that's the way i'm seeing it basically Uh, and you've got a guy in drew mcintyre who was arguably the hottest uh, superstar in the company as far as being on a roll and since wrestlemania i i i get that like bobby lashley had to win but like they didn't do any favors for mcintyre after he lost he's treading water right now and it's not his fault. They've just got nothing entertaining for him. And they're not creating feuds. They're yeah. not creating feuds. And that's that's a huge problem. Um, you know, just because you're not in the main event picture or fighting for the world title right now doesn't mean you shouldn't have, you know, if you're the number two guy, the number three guy should be right up your tail, yep. um, you know, chomping at the bit. This whole 50-50 booking and the back and forth and up and down and all over the place every single week we see the same damn show. It's worse than a soap opera because 
if I miss this week and I miss next week, and I guarantee you if I miss a whole month, I can come back a month later and it's still the same damn crap. It's horrible. You know what I don't get either is like you literally have another show airing later on in the week, which is complete night and day. I personally, aside from like Impact Wrestling, I think SmackDown's the best TV show on for wrestling on TV right now. How come you can produce that show so well? Like I get there's different writers, but how can you produce that show so well and then produce a garbage show days later and not even ask the guys on SmackDown, hey, can you give me some advice? Because, you know, I'm bombing over here. Well, I'll tell you, probably one of the main reasons is whether he's whether he's in charge of it or not or involved or not. Paul Heyman plays a huge influence on Friday nights. And you would be you would be foolish as any talent on that roster on SmackDown not to run your stuff by Paul Heyman, who is just brilliant um, and and can provide so much insight into into whatever segment you may have going on. Right. Arguably the greatest mind in professional wrestling, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely, right now, 100%. But uh, Al, as the uh, doomsday device continues on, you have more not-so-much-nice things to say about Raw, don't you? Yes, and possibly the worst wrestling segment in the week, in the month, possibly the entire year. This Alexa, when it hasn't been your day, your week, your month, or even your year. (laughs) Guys, I promise one of these days I'll get him to stop singing. Um, the Alexa Bliss thing I thought was vomit-inducing. I, <laughs> I, I don't have a problem with her playing this character that she's playing if it's done right. It should be done in, like, a darker, creepier aspect, like, similar to, like, the new Aleister Black promos that are coming out, similar to, like, Undertaker, Bray Wyatt stuff, but, like, the voodoo, voodoo magic. Really? Voodoo doll magic on TV in 2021. It didn't work for Papa Shango. No. It's not going to work for you, Alexa. <laughs> no. Just like when you... I can almost get it if you're doing it in like a backstage promo type thing where there's like, you know, there's a cinematic aspect to it. But you've got her sitting out on the stage poking something in clear, bright light. And you can like... And Shayna's leg just gives out. And also, speaking of which, you're taking the most badass woman's wrestler on the roster in Shayna Baszler, and they've reduced her to nothing. Like, not the person to do it to. You know what I how mean? Does a, how does a mixed martial artist, a, a real mixed martial artist athlete, such as Shayna Baszler, get beat if we're supposed to believe it's real, get beat the way she does repeatedly? I don't get it. You know, uh, I know you got to suspend disbelief, but this girl should be locking people up and snapping their legs in about three seconds, especially the little people like Alexa Bliss. Right. She should be getting the same push that Ronda Rousey got, if not better. Well, yeah, she's a better professional wrestler, in my opinion. Not that Ronda's bad, but like Shayna obviously has a longer professional wrestling history background as well. Well, the whole thing is, too, is you have you had Ronda Rousey baddest woman on the planet ufc hall of famer all that you have Shayna baszler same thing she's fought in ufc she's fought in i believe strike force um and then you also let's not forget also on raw you also have pro mma sonia deville yep Mm -hmm. who's nothing more than now charlotte flair's like latchkey yep and you know like she 
you you know, Looney Tunes, you had the big the big bulldog, and then you had the little Chihuahua. Sonia Deville is a little Chihuahua right now. What are you doing? Not to mention that you can obviously tell they're pushing Sonia Deville into a feud with Adam Pierce over the whole power struggle with Monday Night Raw. Isn't Mandy Rose on Raw? Can't you put the two of them back together? They were a phenomenal tag team over on SmackDown. Or even even continue the feud they had because she was supposed to leave and now they're both on the same show. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if the reason that Sonya Deville is in the position that she's in right now is a little bit of uh, fuck you, if you will, because she took her ball and went home when she got stalked. So, Which, speaking of that, thank you, Rob. I'm glad you brought that up. We found out what happened to that kid who had been <laughs> Yeah, ma- amazing the judicial system that we have in this world. Amazing. The guy stands uh, to, to do 40 to life and is deemed mentally incompetent to stand trial. Yes. He has been found incompetent to stand trial and will now go into a mental institution, I believe, basically the rest of his life. So my tax dollars here in Florida have to pay for his existence for the remainder of his life. Oh, yeah, that's a you problem down there. Right? <laughs> it is a me problem. We got a lot of those down here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you guys got a lot of Florida names, So uh, you will. So, uh, yeah, you know, that, that kid is uh, now in a mental institution. He'll be there uh, for good, good the rest of his life, you know. Uh, yeah. Well, here's the he, one thing he did I'll more say about than that stalk because he got in her house. Yeah, they were gonna they were gonna charge him with attempted murder. He got in her house, and Mandy was there too, I believe, because yep. she they they ran into another room and ran out of the house. Yeah, I think they were. I think he they originally wanted to charge him with attempted murder. But if if that's a thing where WWE is kind of mad at her, and they're this is the, what they're giving her because well, you went home during a a, a time of crisis where now your mental state is probably not that good. Well then, shame on WWE. Well, she had hey, she had time off. She had yes. they gave her time off. You you know, uh, I, I I think there's more to her not wanting to participate. Is is well, I guess what I'm getting at. So yeah, you know, WWE be- has to use her before they can get rid of her because she's guaranteed so many dates. Well, yeah. it could all, it could also simply be too. I was thinking about this. It could be something as simple as she was ready to come back to work, but they still thought that they had the trial going on. So maybe they didn't want to push her into an actual wrestling rivalry because they didn't know what date she was going to miss too. Yeah. Or WWE did that. You screwed. <laughs> I was going to do the Brett, the Brett screwed Brett thing, but with Sonya. Sonya screwed Sonya. There we there go. go. That's what I was going to do. Uh, you were just creeping me out. Man. Yeah. I was, once I There's realized. A t- six There's feet- a time. There's a time-honored tradition when you get stalked in your house here in Florida and you still come back to work. The <laughs> WWE did not screw Sonya. Sonya screwed Sonya. <laughs> We're going to make a commercial out of that one. <laughs> Absolutely. But, um, anyways, you know, back to, the, back to that segment. That was arguably one of the worst things I have ever seen. And after I... I, I was actually watching live. Believe it or not, I was watching Monday Night Raw live. Hard to believe I talk shit about it every week, but uh, I turned it off. <laughs> now, where would you rank that scene, that, that segment with, with, with uh, Mark Henry and Mae Young's hand, giving birth to the hand? I found that more entertaining, if you will be honest. But I, as far as 
awful segments. This was right up there with like the Bailey, this is your life segment from like four or five years ago. Okay, see if I if I had to pick a that bad, was pretty bad. If I had to pick like a bad segment where I was like, okay, this is cringeworthy and I don't want to watch this, I'd pick Heidenreich and Michael Cole when Heidenreich basically rapes Michael Cole. Mm-hmm. I'd pick Triple H with uh, what's Katie her name, Vick. Katie Vick. Oh, you know what? I would. Yeah. Uh, I would put this. I would put this up there with the Sami Zayn and Bobby Lashley sisters segment. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wait a minute. What about the Big Show's father's funeral, where they drive oh, off no. with the casket and he jumps on top of it, and they he drive away with the... him holding on to the casket? Right. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, that's a, that's another one. Like, but either way, it was awful. Monday Night Raw was awful. Hey, there is one bright side now to Monday Night Raw, what and whether that? you like it or you like it, it doesn't matter. Eva Marie is back. And, and I, I got to tell you, I'm sorry, Scarlett, but you have officially become now my number three. Actually, she's not even my number two anymore. She's my number three. And I'll tell you who my number two is or my number one. Maybe even Eva Marie is number two now because I do have a, a very, 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 very special favorite uh, women's wrestler now. So um, I have a new favorite. And it is the Dr. Britt Baker. I love Britt Baker. Britt Baker is, is phenomenal. And especially, at, she won me over after that match with Thunder Rosa on AEW. Uh, Dude, what? I was seeing every, that match and the blood and everything. The only thing I could think of was like, wow, I want a dream match between Britt Baker and Becky Lynch. Like, literally just beat the shit out of each other. That would be pretty cool. And Speaking of AEW, Rob. Now it's Rob's turn. Oh, oh God. You were you were live for AEW Dynamite. Yes. Last week, as we saw in the opening match, which, which kind of shocked me that it was the opening match, but usually that's when the most fans are actually watching, is at the opening and at the end. John Moxley versus Yuji Nagata. You had someone special with you for that. Take it away, Rob. Tell us all about it. Well, uh, myself, and and I want to preface this by saying the comments that will be made during this segment of the show have nothing to do with my friendship with Sonny Ono. Um, this is just going to be straight shooting facts. But Sonny Ono did uh, come with me to Jacksonville. We were invited guests of uh, the legendary Yuji Nagata. Uh, we went up to Jacksonville. Uh, we got up there Tuesday and got to spend some time with uh, not only Yuji when he got there, but we got to spend time with Chris Jericho, uh, the Perfect Ten, or now the chairman of the board. Uh, we got to spend time with my favorite female wrestler, Dr. Britt Baker. Uh, we even had a special friend uh, join us from WWE. A one Shinsuke Nakamura came up. He was actually... He was actually trained by Yuji Nagata. So the reason he came up to visit was not dirt sheet related. So they can all blow it out their ass with the picture that they wanted to put up there. Um, he actually was Yuji uh, Nagata's young boy um, and was uh, his assistant when he was coming up in the wrestling business in, in New Japan. So he went up like a, a former student to a teacher, um, you know, came up here to, to visit with with Yuji. Um, and Shinsuke took us out to a phenomenal Korean barbecue up there in Jacksonville. Um, 
you know, I'm still burping spare ribs. And it was, it was, it was fun. We had, we had a great time, um, you know, on Tuesday night, uh, Wednesday morning, uh, we met with Dean Malenko, who was the, uh, the agent, if you will, for the Eugene Nagata, John Moxley match. Um, we met with Cody Rhodes. We met with Tony Schiavone. We met with, who else was there in that room? Uh, well, Jericho obviously knew we were there. Um, and, and Sonny offered up his services to them, uh, was not looking to get a payday out of it. Uh, he was actually there. We had other business that we had to tend to um, for, for different wrestling related businesses that we're, we're venturing into, um, later in the year. Um, so he actually was, was, uh, corporately flew by a different company, um, to be up there. So this was basically free talent that they didn't have to pay for a hotel room for, that they did not have to pay a transportation for, that they didn't pay meals for, that they didn't have to do anything whatsoever. And no offense to, to Rocky Romero, who was um, there as well as being the, uh, the head dojo trainer for New Japan LA, but there was absolutely no business with him being on AEW uh, or getting a, a screenshot during that match or any sort of mentioning. The mentioning should have been Sonny Ono, who 23 years ago to the day managed Yuji Nagata on WCW Nitro. The mentioning should have been Tony Schiavone bringing that up the same way he brings up Sting. The same way he brings up anything that, that is history related, they should have had Sonny Ono there. Sonny Ono should have been managing Yuji Nagata. We actually brought forth three different scenarios on how he could manage Yuji Nagata and how if they wanted to keep the belt with John Moxley, they could have. He could have turned on Yuji Nagata. He could have accidentally whacked Yuji Nagata with the selfie stick that we were going to use because it's now 20th century. We had the Fuji little plastic cameras. Um, so we had, we had full gimmick in gear. Um, if they were going to take the belt off of Moxley, which they did not because it's the United States, New Japan championship, which you explain that to me, why the heck? New Japan has a United States champion in a Japan company. WWE doesn't have a Japan champion. Um, <laughs> but you, you, you go figure that out. Uh, but if you wanted to take it off of Moxley, you know, Sonny could have interfered there. And everyone would have kept their heat. No matter how they wanted to finish that, everyone could have kept their heat. You would have had the history, the nostalgia. They had Yuji Nagata's new uh, apprentice take him down to the ring that nobody knew who the hell he was. I met the kid, very nice guy, uh, learned how to pour sake from, from this gentleman who is 24 years old and an up and coming superstar in New Japan wrestling. Um, but, uh, you know, just, you, you know, we, we make fun of and we talk about how awful sometimes the decisions WWE makes. Well, AEW, you fucked up and fucked up bad this week. You guys are morons. And if the infighting stories are true, then you better clean your shit up real quick, real fast, because you're missing a lot of opportunities. This was a travesty. The only thing they did right, the only thing they did right was 
I'll give them credit for purchasing the rights to uh, the Wild Things song for John Moxley because that crowd went bananas uh, when that song started. Even I had goosebumps for it um, when he was doing the, 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 you know, the entrance with the, the Wild Things song. The setup beforehand was, was great. You know, the split screen with both of them training side by side, it really gave you a big match feel. Um, and, and they really did go back and forth. It was the one problem. And if you watch the end of the match, I'll tell you why Sonny Ono would have been better than, than the, the apprentice that was in the ring. Um, the apprentice didn't speak a lot of English, if, if barely any at all. Um, and in the end of the match, if you watch it, John Moxley tells Yuji Nagata to take the, the other corner. So he wanted a photo op of Moxley in the one turnbuckle and Yuji in the other turnbuckle. And, you know, that, that iconic photo with Pyro and everything going off of them, you know, doing this. This, it, this match was hand requested by John Moxley. He respects Yuji Nagata so much. Yuji didn't understand what Moxley was asking him to do. Sonny Ono would have conveyed that to Yuji Nagata and they would have got that iconic moment with the pyro and all of that stuff. But because you didn't use Sonny Ono, you didn't get that iconic photo, you moron. And then number two, when the match was over and, and Moxley did his finisher on Yuji and they get the three count, if you watch, he actually has to tell the young boy to get in the ring and act like he's helping uh, Yuji Nagata because the kid just sat out there. So if Yuji actually was hurt, which thank God he wasn't, no one would have known. But Sonny would have powdered into the ring and done everything the right way. But that's the difference between having somebody who's been doing this business 30-something years in Sonny Ono. Yes, he is that old. And having someone who's 24 and been in this business a year, um, you know, or two. Okay. No, like I said, no disrespect to, to, to the kid that was with Yuji Nagata. I think he was a great guy. We went out to dinner together. He was a part of that dinner with Shinsuke Nakamura. Great guy, but missed opportunity, AEW. Huge missed opportunity. And with the, the dark side of the ring this week being the collision in Korea and the uh, WWE Hidden Treasures June 13th featuring Sonny Ono with the Andre the Giant Giant Machine Mask, AEW could have been promoting this all over the damn place and they screwed it up. Whew. On a bright side, <laughs> sharing beverages with Dr. Britt Baker because she liked the fact that at Walt Disney World, we do have to list our doctors for health insurance and just for shits and giggles, I did list her as my dentist um, on my Walt Disney World insurance and showed her my, my insurance card that had Dr. Britt Baker on it in Orlando, Florida. Um, she did get a kick out of that and we had a blast talking. She's, she's got a personality on her. She's, um, she's a fun cocky, uh, which, which I, I love to death because I'm the same way. Um, you know, whether I'm doing a podcast with you guys or, or you know, just out, in the, out and about in the real world, um, I'm living the gimmick, if you will, um, you know, and, and, in, and always acting like I am the best there is, the best there was, the best there ever will be, minus a stroke. And she was doing the exact same thing. She was doing the exact same thing. She was awesome. Um, and, and I got to tell you, Chris Jericho, phenomenal. Loved seeing Chris. Um, I haven't seen Chris since, and I know we talked on the podcast 
um, once before about how I did the signing. Uh, it was the WWE album, volume three, the CD in New York City. Um, and he was doing the signing with Billy Gunn and, and uh, Road Dog. And Road Dog had introduced me to Chris Jericho and I rattled off his father's hockey stats. Well, Chris ordered a double vodka and tonic. He ordered me a screwdriver and we sat down and talked, not wrestling, but we talked hockey um, and New York Rangers hockey, as you could see, well versed in that um, for about two and a half hours. The guy had two podcasts to do and he was like, they can wait. We're sitting and we're talking hockey. We had a blast. Um, and he thought it was a great idea too the night before because um, I know Sonny had mentioned it to him about being a part of the, the show um, and the history and the nostalgia behind it. But again, I don't know how influential Chris is with the booking of stuff that's not his. Um, and this obviously certainly was not something he was involved in. So, um, but yeah, loved seeing the guys, uh, everyone. You know what? Side note, and if this ruins it for him, uh, you know, he could take it up with me later, but MJF, one of the nicest guys in the world. Um, well, he's going to be pissed that you said that. Yeah. You know, and I was expecting it too. I was, when he came in with his little, with his little, uh, powdered milkshake stuff to, to make one of his muscle drinks, um, which I don't think it's working too well. Cause he's very small. Um, he, he, he came over, he shook hands with everybody, uh, you know, and, and, and said, hi, my name is Max. And, and instead of just being that cocky asshole and everybody at the table, he, he, you know, even said hi to Chris, which was, you know, which was great. Um, I, I thought I was excited to see him. Um, and I thought he was great. So Maxwell, my dog is named after you, Maxwell J Friedman. Um, and I'm sorry if I treaded on your, your, uh, rich boy gimmick, but I loved you. Maxwell, you called me a fat bastard once in Binghamton, New York in an interview screw you yeah no i was gonna say <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that because we've we've both met mjf as well um he a couple times came up to there's like an indie uh pro wrestling promotion called excite wrestling up in binghamton uh -huh. and we know the guys pretty well up there they set us up with some interviews and stuff they they will usually introduce us to the boys while they're up there like i've met jimmy jacobs i've sat and talked with him and ethan page a couple times and brian pillman jr even showed yeah. up once and we were all sitting and talking with them and like so clearly like you could tell we weren't just like regular normal fans like obviously we we're there as fans but like we were you know doing some interviewing and whatnot and mjf just to be mjf just decided to absolutely light into the two of us we were why well, you know, i we i still love the to everyone else and they were like oh yeah nice to meet you ethan page is great and then mjf told me to go fuck myself well, I still love the, the, the one autograph signing he did where he told the kid in a wheelchair to stand up and take the picture with him. <laughs> I mean, you know, you don't get any more heelish than that, uh, oh, you know. God. And that's the best thing I'll give him is uh, I don't think there's a heel in the industry that plays the character and doesn't break KFEB the way that he MJF does. Yeah. The yeah. only... The Amazing. only right, and I was gonna say the only one that even comes close is the current iteration of Roman Reigns. But sometimes even he on Twitter go like reverts yeah. back to his normal self. But yeah. MJF rarely. And a very big thank you to the chairman of the board, the Perfect Ten in WWE. He he bought uh, out of respect uh, for the legends. He bought um, 
Yuji Nagata, Sonny Ono, and myself breakfast Wednesday morning, uh, which I later texted him and thanked him for. He didn't have to do that, but that was a very respectful thing to do. So hats off to him as well. I was gonna say, I've heard nothing but good things about Sean's beers. Well, heads off to Sean. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as far as the whole thing with uh, the Yuji Nagata and Sonny Ono, uh, Rob, you and I had even talked before because uh, you had told me what was going to happen, you know, that, that you were going to be there and everything. And, and the one thing that I had said was Tony Schiavone needs to bring up calling his matches in WCW if Sonny Ono was to be with him and then be like, oh my God, that's Sonny Ono. And, you know, he hasn't been around in XYZ and this and that. Everything happened, but the part was Sonny Ono. And I had even texted you, mm -hmm. dude, Rocky, they show Rocky Romero, who's also, you know, yes, he's in New Japan, but he's also in MLW. I go, why'd they show Rocky Romero and not Sonny Ono? And then that's when you fired back. Dude, we're literally sitting right next to him. Yeah. They, they zoomed up like this. This is yeah. what you saw on camera. Which that, this. that means they were literally going out of their way not to show him. Like, well, Keith Mitchell, Keith Mitchell, who was the old WCW television producer for Nitros and Thunder, uh, spoke with Sonny. They actually came down to us because all the old WCW production team is now the AEW uh, production team. And the one guy was walking around with the walkie-talkie, and Sonny said, hey, so-and-so, whatever the guy's name was. And he said, oh, my God, Sonny, you're here. Do you want to talk to Keith? Come with me. And they took him to the truck, and Keith said, where are you sitting? And he said, right next to Rocky. And Keith said, great. And he's jotting it all down. And, you know, again, like I said, there were so many different scenarios that you could have painted for this match. Number one, if you don't want Sonny involved in it, you, you, you pick him out in the crowd, um, you know, and it was good that he was a little bit away from Rocky because you don't want to look like you just jammed everybody all together. But you find Sonny in the crowd and you mention that all the stars from history are coming out for this one to see Yuji Nagata. There's his manager of 23 years ago, which we haven't seen since WCW Nitro. Even he made the trip. This is how huge this match is. And, you, you know, the more of a big fight feel you make this out to be, the more the fans believe it's a big fight feel. I listened to, to Jim Cornette the other day preview this match, and he said, unless you're 40 years old, you don't know who the fuck Yuji Nagata is unless you watch WCW, WCW Nitro or Thunder back in the day. But if you had painted the picture with Sonny Ono, and you did all of this, you have a reason to tell the history and the story behind it. Again, they, they've, they've, they've used Al Snow in the past where he, you know, they shot him in the crowd and said, oh, there's Al Snow. They had Jake and, and uh, Lance Archer in the crowd. Um, you know, and they were only there for that. They were only there for that because as soon as that match was over, Jake got up and left. Um, so they were only in there for that one spot that whole section where Jake and Rocky were sitting, they had that it was a completely empty section. You could have had Sonny three, you know, three, four, five seats over from all of them. And again, make it look like you're panning through the crowd. Hey, here's Jake and Lance Archer. Hey, here's uh, Rocky Romero. Hey, here's Sonny Ono. 23 years ago was his manager. The other thing that was discussed with Dean, Dean Malenko, who was the agent of the, the show, was if you wanted to use Sonny, 
He had the, the cardboard box Fuji camera. He had his suit and tow with him. Um, it would have been very easy. He could have come out with, with Yuji. He could have translated the match for Yuji because Moxley doesn't speak Japanese either. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that get lost in translation. Um, you know, and I talked about this with, um, oh God, um, he was in WWE. He was, he was actually with us. Um, and he had the handlebar mustache and they named him after a long time ago. Gotch, Gotch Simon, Simon Gotch. Gotch. Thank you. Um, he actually was up there with us. Um, and, and came to, he actually came to AEW, uh, the AEW show with us. And I was talking with him about it. And I said, how do, you know, if, if, if I'm in a match with, with one of these guys and I don't speak Japanese and they don't speak English, how the heck do we communicate and how do we formulate a match? And he says, it's a lot of sign language and a lot of the Japanese talent know simple things like up, down, clothesline, headlock, lock up, fall down, lay down, that sort of thing. Um, you know, but someone like Sonny, who speaks very good English, could have translated, you know, and, and maybe with the work, with the assistance of Dean Malenko, put together, uh, you know, not that the match was bad. I thought the match was really, really good. But, you know, things like the ending that was lost in translation really could have been something really nice for AEW. Right. Yeah. That could have been their biggest moment yet, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, blown opportunities, but it's not the first time AEW's done it. It won't be the last, let's well, be honest. In the one thing I'll continue to say for them, and it's not so much as covering for them but more or less this is a learning opportunity for yeah them. they are a still a younger company obviously there is some older veterans in the company that do know a little better but like you you've got kinks that you're gonna have to work out wwe is doing it to this day and there are a lot of them yeah um you know you're nobody's gonna be perfect but you learn over time look at look at some of the rougher decisions tna made about 10 years ago compared to the amazing product they're putting out now you know, I know I bring them up a lot, but that's a good reference because there's a lot of people that have given up on them for some of their decisions they made, maybe back in like the Hogan Bischoff era compared to now their booking decisions are, you know, incredible. Well, and also hats off to John Moxley for, um, there were little things that Mox did in that match that, um, he was, uh, obviously smart enough to cover up referee mistakes. And I say Every single time I watch an AEW show, I don't know where they found their referees, but, you know, maybe they all need to fly to uh, Texas for Dustin Rhodes's uh, wrestling academy, and they all need to learn how, how to uh, change up the way they ref, because if you and I are fighting and we are outside the ring, that count starts and it does not stop, and you don't wait five seconds to count between one and two and then another five seconds between two and three but moxley had the 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 wherewithal to powder back into the ring and then back out to break the count up because he knew that they were out there way too long even with the operating under new japan rules which is a 20 second out of the ring count they had to add that because the referees are too stupid to count to 10 the right way. I feel and like sadly, I, that includes Aubrey Edwards. Yeah. I feel like uh, the only one that really gets it, and, and it's only when he's occasionally around, is Mike Kyoto. But obviously, yeah. he's not like a, he's not a full time ref yet. Right? No, no, he's not. 
he's not doing part-time ref work with them right yeah yeah i mean they'll bring him in for pay-per-views and things like that because to give you that big fight feel um but again that that, that's no excuse right it's no excuse that's uh for mox that's probably honestly just ingrained in his head from his time in wwe like the the whole roll back in roll out thing well it's a veteran thing it's a veteran thing it's 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 and no offense to the entire roster of AEW, but there's not a lot of veterans there no it's a lot of young people yeah and and maybe you get away with that on the indie circuit but you're in the big you're in the big time now boys and you better start acting like it this is this is the major leagues this isn't uh you know lee's backyard wrestling federation where you could get away with being outside the ring for 35 minutes and the referee not counting yeah sadly they went out of business and there's no ring. <laughs> <laughs> Imaginary ropes. Yeah. We're just but, you know, I, I, I hope that in time that will improve because, you know, we've seen them improve little bits with the tag team wrestling and the issues that they had there. So it, it's, it's possible. Um, just learn to learn to count to 10. So, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and don't break the count unless you're given a reason to break the count. Right. And if you're going to do it differently, like have somebody place, like have somebody say it on air that hey, or like it should have been something that was done when they first when AEW first started. Hey, like our rules are a little different. Like, well, here's here's the other thing too. Expected to know that this is how a ref count goes. In 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 the second match, which was the tag team match between SCU and the Young Bucks, they all jumped to the outside. They're all brawling on the outside, and the referee actually stops turns around and is looking for a reason to stop counting. Yep. If there's one thing that, that, and I'll never forget this in WWE, when I was there, one of the referees, the, the, the guy went down for a pin and the referee went one, two, and then he stopped. And when the, you know, then the, the guy wound up kicking out and they, you know, went through the rest of their match. When the referee got through the curtain, Vince said, what the fuck did you stop for? And he said, well, that wasn't how it was supposed to end. And I'll never forget, Vince said, if they don't, if they're not smart enough to kick out and remember their spot, you don't screw up yours. And your hand goes down for three and I'll handle it afterwards. That was it. If you get counted out now, you get counted out. If you don't kick out by three, then the match is over. Um, You know, so that that's that i think is the kind of discussion that AEW has to have with their their referees hey look if you got to count somebody out and it's not going to go the way it's supposed to well that's on them and we'll handle we'll handle the talent afterwards but that's the only way the product is going to get better is you gotta you gotta sharpen up the little things yeah absolutely and uh we're gonna move on now from AEW. uh Man, it seems like we're just picking apart everything we don't like about the product. Well, here's but... what I will say. You know, we don't really need to talk in great lengths on this, but I'm just going to, the last couple shows of the week, I'm just going to touch on a couple few things that went really well, and then we'll get right into the predictions for tonight. Um, so moving on, NXT, we saw the return of Bobby Fish this week. Um, appears as if they're going to keep him and Kyle O'Reilly as singles wrestlers. He basically came in for the save with uh, Pete Dunne's faction, cleared house. It looks like Bobby Fish is going on with a rivalry with Pete Dunne, possibly, but they're going to keep them separate. And he said, I'll see you down the line. So it looks like their relationship is not tarnished. Uh, Impact Wrestling, it appears after the Under Siege show that I believe was either last night or Friday, 
that Moose is going to be the next challenger for Kenny Omega for the Impact World title. I'm almost wondering if there's maybe going to be a babyface turn as Moose may possibly be leaving the company in the next couple months. Um, not too much other than that. I believe we have new women knockouts tag team champions with Fire and Flava beating Rachel Ellering and Jordan Grace. And then Friday Night SmackDown, uh, it appears that they're still planning to move forward with the Jimmy Uso-Roman Reigns feud. I have a feeling that he's going to end up joining them. Aside from that, I'm extremely excited for the Roman Reigns-Cesaro match tonight. I don't think there was anything else. How about congrats, Natalia and, yes. and, uh, yes. Natalia and Tamina. Uh, I've loved Natty for years. Her father was a good friend of mine. Congratulations to them. Um, you know, she busts, busts her ass on a daily basis and is never afraid to put over um, anybody that they, the company asked her to do. So I'm glad to see they're finally doing right by her and Tamina. And Tamina Snuka joined the company in May 2010. And if I'm not mistaken, I want to say the exact date was May 24th, 2010 is when she made her debut with the Usos. And here it was, what, May 14th? What was it? May 14th. Yeah. May 14th. 2021 just 10 days shy of her 11 10 days shy of her 11th anniversary with the company wins her first championship with natalia as the women's tag team champions it's not just a congratulations for her it's a congratulations for both as uh natalia even though she has been the longest running woman in the company as a professional wrestler right no other woman has wrestled as long for wwe i'm all, I'm, I'm pretty sure she has records for like most most female matches in wwe history and most uh pay-per-views yep. she deserves the I congratulations just as much because she hasn't held a championship in a long time and i have been saying constantly that she needs to hold a championship before she retires and tamina she was actually one of um, the longest in the company that hadn't won a championship with the longest span at 11 years. Right. I read up on this too. And the reason that they actually decided to give them the run with the tag titles is basically for the same reason as what we were doing here when we were watching WrestleMania, when they had both of those two separate matches between night one and night two of WrestleMania, when they won the number one contendership spot the first night, and then they were uh, challenging for the women's tag titles the next night. They got one of the best reactions of all of WrestleMania. Yeah, it wasn't even close. The match, the second match, like the on night two, was was great. And I don't know what it is. I'm not. This isn't like a knock on Tamina at all, but she is fired up as of recently, and her in ring work shows. Not that she was ever bad, because obviously wrestling runs in her blood. But she did something to step up her game, and she is extremely entertaining to watch as of lately. Yeah. Well, similar to Charlotte Flair, she toned down a lot, um, you know, and, and I think that that plays a, a, a factor in your conditioning. Um, so I think she's able to move around a lot better than she than she could before. Uh, not that she couldn't move very well before, but I think it makes it uh, a lot easier for her to, to do the stuff off the top rope that that uh, that she does. Um, and it doesn't put as much weight on her to, to potential injury. So, you know, say, good for her. How, we talk about how much air she got on that Superfly splash. 
And can we also talk about that while they don't mention the fact that her name is Snooker, when they did interview her, she did get the old Jimmy Superfly Snooker oh, yeah. uh, hand gesture in there. So good for her. Ladies and gentlemen, you know what we're in for next. Ladies and gentlemen, here it goes. Spoiler freeze, the, the way, way, to way to be. <laughs> He's getting there. <laughs> we're out. See ya. <laughs>